Welcome to the Big Talk Podcast, where we chat all things business and personal development related, totally unfiltered and unscripted. I'm your host, Amanda Davies, and I'm here to help you transform into the leader you were born to be, stand apart from the competition, and most importantly, share your message with the world in a big, big way. Are you ready? Welcome once again to Big Talk. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast this week. I'm your host, Amanda Davies, and I'm excited to talk to you about this topic today because it's all about the inner critic. And I know this is a concept that all of you undoubtedly have heard about or are familiar with, at least to some degree. But really, you know, just to recap, if this is sort of a newish concept to you, you know, the inner critic is that voice. It's that little nasty voice inside of our head that can be a little bit sadistic sometimes, all right? It's that voice that tells us that we're broken, we're stupid, we're trash, we'll never make this work, we're useless, our ideas are unimportant, our dreams are ridiculous. It's that voice that really speaks to us in a way that we wouldn't speak to our own blicking worst enemy, all right? So I want to talk about this voice today because this is one of the tools of what I refer to as the saboteur, okay? So our inner saboteur is that part of us that keeps us stuck. It's that part of us that keeps us in self-doubt and overwhelm. It's the one that doesn't allow us to go on to hit our goals or to really achieve the success that we truly desire. And this inner criticism is one of the main weapons that our saboteur uses to keep us small, keep us safe, and keep us very, very stuck. Now, I once heard someone refer to the inner critic as being like a magician on stage. And I love this example because it's just, it's so, so powerful. And it's so true as well. So if you think about being in an audience, all right, and it's all dark in the auditorium and you're looking up at the stage and the magician is on stage and he's he or she is pulling rabbits out of hats and sawing people in half and you've got flowers coming out of people's ears and all of the things and it looks amazing and everyone's taken in by this show and when you think about it the actual act itself is designed to make you believe the deception it's all designed to make you believe the deception but if you get up out of your seat and you shift perspective and maybe you go backstage or you start to watch the show from a slightly different angle you soon realize that this isn't magic. This is just a very clever set of mind tricks, illusions, and sleight of hand. The inner critic works in a very, very, very similar way. All right. It looks all kind of like one thing, but actually what's going on behind the scenes is something very, very different. Okay. So I want to share a little bit more about this today. In particular, I want to share about how you can notice when your inner critic is at play. And I want to share four strategies for you to work with your inner critic. Because I think sometimes, and there are a lot of people out there sort of sharing this sort of thought too, but there's a lot of chat out there that says, you know, we shouldn't have an inner critic. We should try and silence the inner critic. We should almost like dismember it and cut it off and, you know, kind of just think positive all the time, right? And I just think this is absolute BS because the inner critic is a huge part of what makes us human. You guys know I don't believe in censoring or quietening or shutting down any part of us that makes us human. 
What I prefer to do, and this is a huge part of the approach my team and I take when working with our clients on this stuff, is it's actually about embracing and working with what we've got. Right. Rather than trying to fake it till we make it, pretend to be something that we're not and trying to be these perfect polished humans with no negative thoughts ever. Unrealistic as hell. Okay, so I want to share with you some very grounded strategies today that you can start to implement to work with and around your inner critic. Okay, but first thing, I just want to kind of share a little bit about what I see because I've worked with hundreds of clients now. I've got thousands of people in my communities. I have done over a 1, thousand, 1,500 sales calls. You know, I speak to people all the time around their business and what's holding them back from really achieving the results they say they want, from really achieving the levels of success or, or the goals that they really desire. And, you know, the inner critic is something that comes up, I think, probably 99% of the time whenever I have a conversation with people. And, Really, the inner critic is, as I said, it's that voice in your head that tells you and, and likes to remind you, sometimes a little bit sadistically as well, it likes to tell you just how stuck you are. You know, it's that voice that says, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, how hard you work, this business or this dream or this relationship or whatever it is that you desire, it's just not possible for you. Okay, better luck next time. All right. It's that voice that sort of says how disappointed it is in us. It's disappointed in our lack of success, our lack of money, our lack of love in our life or our lack of progress. It really loves to sort of revel in lack, okay, and disappointment in particular. It also, as I said, sort of has a little bit of sadistic pleasure in reminding you that, oh, you know, you're in the starting blocks again, aren't you? See, because that thing didn't work before. But look at everybody else. Look how much further ahead they are than you. It's that voice that just loves to tell us how much we failed, how slow we are, why we're not good enough, why it will never work. It is that part of us that just loves to talk about all of those things. So can you relate to that? I'm sure you can. We all have this voice. As I said, it's definitely part of, of being human. And I'll talk about why in a minute. But this personal criticism, this voice of the inner critic, as I sort of mentioned earlier, is a key weapon that's used by what I refer to as our inner saboteur. The saboteur is an archetype that lives within all of us, but this kind of personal criticism and this very nasty, sadistic voice is a very powerful weapon. I'd say it's probably the most powerful weapon our saboteur uses in order to keep us stuck and to keep us safe. Because if you think about it, like when we start to say this sort of stuff to ourselves, whether it's consciously or, or not, and I'll talk about that in a sec as well, but it's so effective at getting us to stop what we're doing. It's so effective at getting us to slow down, to stay small, to stay safe and not create any waves, don't make any change. Right? It's so effective at just getting us to put the brakes on in our lives. All right. And it's so dangerous for this reason as well. And it's, it's so dangerous because what ends up happening is if you are living in this space and in this kind of the magician's auditorium, listening to and watching your inner critic and, and being drawn in by its magic spells, really what ends up happening is you end up wasting your life. 
you end up wasting your life because you are paralyzed, paralyzed with self-doubt, with feeling like it will never happen for you. You won't move forward. You stay stuck. You stay small, paralyzed by self-doubt. And many of you know that I refer to self-doubt. I talk about this all the time, but self-doubt is quite literally the killer of all dreams, the killer of dreams. Okay. (laughs) So it's really important that we begin to get acquainted with our inner critic, that we understand uh, why it's speaking to us, what it's saying to us, and actually how we can start to integrate that voice a little more and move forward so we can hit our goals in life, in business, and all of the things. Okay. So I'm going to share four tips with you now to actually be able to work with your inner critic and move forward. So the first thing, and I alluded to this earlier, but the first thing is around acceptance. Acceptance. Okay. One of the biggest mistakes that I see so many people make is believing that we need to banish the inner critic. We need to silence it. We need to disown it. There's so many coaches and experts and people out there that talk about the inner critic in a way that it's like, it shouldn't exist. You shouldn't have an inner critic, which is total BS. <laughs> total BS. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is believing that they shouldn't have to deal with their inner critic. <laughs> but here's the thing, and I'm giggling because it's like, oh my gosh, like this is such a part of what makes us human. We have a very uh, deliberate reason around why we have an inner critic. Okay. And it is to, it has to do with safety. It has to do with us not taking risks and going out and being eaten by tigers and, you know, all of the things it's very primal, our inner critic. Right. But believing that we shouldn't have to deal with it or believing that we somehow need to squash it and banish it and disown it and get it out of our lives is one way to stay really frustrated. And actually, you know, it kind of just fuels the inner critic too, believing that we shouldn't have one, believing that we are, um, you know, not as evolved or we're not as conscious if we have an inner critic or, you know, we aren't as positive as the next person or, or whatever. We kind of beat ourselves up on this. And this is that toxic positivity I talk about quite a lot, which is just so, so damaging. But believing that we shouldn't have an inner critic is probably the best way to kind of stoke the fires of the inner critic because we're criticizing ourselves for having an inner critic, okay? <laughs> which just doesn't make sense at all, right? So, so many people make themselves wrong for, for having the inner critic, but I really want to kind of just, again, sort of reassure you guys that having an inner critic is very human and everyone has one even the most positive of people, all of the gurus that you look to, all of the people that uh, you admire, maybe in the industry and, and people who are super conscious and healers and people, we all have an inner critic, right? But the key is that we just need to learn to work with it. We need to learn to work with the voice. And the first step towards doing that is by noticing and accepting that we have an inner critic and that's okay. That's okay. This is part of our shadow, guys. You know, I used the analogy once before in a previous podcast where if you think about if we were to host a dinner party and at that dinner party, you know, there's 12 seats at the table and we're the host, but we only want to speak to six of the guests because those six guests are the ones that are light and positive and happy and yay, you know, all the amazing parts of ourselves but actually we ignore the other six guests because they don't look the way that we want them to look. They're a little bit dark. They're a little bit messy. 
one of those seats might actually belong to the inner critic at that table. The more we don't want to look at it, the more we don't want to converse with it, the more we don't want to accept that it has a seat at the table, guess what? The more it's going to play up, the more it's going to wreak havoc at that dinner party and start, you know, kicking tables over and all the things. <laughs> so really the first step is that we've got to notice our inner critic. We've got to accept that we have one. But then what we need to do is start pulling back the curtain and shifting our perspective so this goes back to the magician analogy, all right? I want to kind of recap on that because it's so, so powerful. But one of the ways, and this is the second sort of tip, but one of the ways that we can really accept and start to notice our inner critic is by thinking about it as that magician on the stage. We're in the audience, we're watching the tricks happen, we're seeing the rabbits being pulled out of hats and all of the things, and we're compelled. You know, it's such a great show. We're in the audience, and we're looking at these rabbits and these flowers and people being sawn in half and people escaping from cages underwater and all of the things are happening. But actually when we get up out of our seat and we step to the side and maybe we even go backstage and we watch from behind the curtain, we soon see what the hell's going on, which is actually that show, that show that is designed to make us believe the deception, it's all fake. It's all fake. It's really just sleight of hand. It's really just illusions. It's all, you know, secret locks and it's all very clever mind tricks to really get us to believe a story. And it's very, very good and very compelling at getting us to believe the story. But it's not magic at the end of the day. So our inner critic operates very much the same way. And one way that I really like to get this perspective and create this perspective shift on the inner critic is by asking some really deep, really powerful questions. Okay. So some of the questions that I like to ask myself when I'm finding myself in that place of fear or anxiety, or I'm holding myself back or I'm self-sabotaging. One of the questions I like to ask is, you know, what's really going on here? Why, why don't I want to, and I'm just going to use an example, but why don't I want to increase my Facebook ad budget? Why don't I want to get visible? What's really going on there? Is it really because I don't think I look good on camera or is there something else that's going on beneath the surface? So ask yourself, number one, what's really going on? Second question I like to ask myself is whose voice is this? Because here's the interesting thing about the inner critic. Sometimes that critical, nasty, sadistic voice isn't actually our own. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes that nasty, critical, sadistic voice isn't actually our own voice. And this can be really hard to hear, all right, particularly, um, you know, (laughs) I've spoken quite openly before about um, childhood wounds and trauma and, and things like that. But quite often, guys, sometimes the voice of our inner critic is the voice of caregivers, parents, uh, possibly abusive spouses, exes, people like that, okay? Sometimes there are voices from our past that come through and are represented by the inner critic. And, you know, sometimes it's just a really interesting question to sort of ask yourself. And you don't need to go really deep on this, but you'll notice that if there's something that comes up quite frequently, you'll probably notice that it's a pattern there in that voice. Okay. So even if it's about relationships, for example, why can't I find a good relationship or, you know, why does this keep happening to me or or whatever, you know, sometimes there's a real pattern to that voice. It's a familiar voice 
And I just encourage you to, to just get some awareness around that. Again, it's, it's part of the shifting of the perspective and it can really help when we recognize that sometimes that voice isn't our own. Third question I like to ask is, you know, what advice would I give to a 10-year-old in this situation? What advice would I give to a 10-year-old here? Because just removing ourselves from that place of I should know all the answers and beating ourselves up because we don't have all of the answers or feeling like we need to be perfect in something is a really great way, again, to, to fuel the inner critic. So if you were to be giving some advice to a 10-year-old in this situation and they were scared or they were sabotaging or they were playing small or they were telling you how disappointed they were in themselves, uh, you know, what would you say to that kid? What would you say to that kid? And sometimes this is a really nice way to start that reparenting process of ourselves too. I'm going to do another podcast episode on reparenting. It's a really important topic and just so, 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 so freaking powerful as well. But even if it's, you know, imagining yourself as that 10 year old child talking about, you know, gosh, you know, no matter what I do or how hard I work or how hard I try, I can just never succeed. I'm stupid. This doesn't work for me. What would you say to that kid? Oh my gosh, right? So it's just about looking at yourself compassionately in this process as well. Because when we start to give ourselves that self love and that self compassion, and we start to speak to ourselves kindly around this, gosh, it's really powerful, guys, just to shift your perspective. Third hot tip I'm going to give you around working with your inner critic is actually to ask better questions overall. Okay. And I'm going to expand a little bit more on this in a sec, but my clients all know that I am a huge fan of asking better questions. Like asking better questions is such a great and powerful way to snap out of any negative thought patterns or loops that we find ourselves in. Because have you ever noticed that the questions that we ask when we're in that place of the inner critic and feeling consumed by the magic show, right? Those questions that we ask are always negative. They're always worst case scenario questions. They always default to, well, what could go wrong here? Ever notice that? So for example, you know, bringing this back to maybe a business example, but some of the questions like when you're in that inner critic magician show audience, <laughs> you'll ask yourself might be things like, um, you know, what if I create this amazing program, but what if no one wants to buy it? Or what if my ads don't work? Or, uh, you know, what if I was to raise my prices and charge high ticket, but no one buys? Or, you know, what if I can't help my clients? What if I book these clients and I just can't help them? It's all worst case scenario stuff. So the questions that our inner critic likes to ask are quite weak questions generally. And they're weak because they're worst case scenario questions. And when we get into that place of being in the worst case scenario, what happens is we tend to spiral down and down and down into self-doubt because they will breed even more negative questions. Or what if my ads don't work? And then what if I end up maxing out my credit card? And then what about if I can't pay off the credit card? And what about it? And we start to, <laughs> we start to end up in this bloody place of feeling completely entangled in negative self-doubt inducing questions. And what did I say before? Self-doubt is the killer of dreams. So you really want to stay out of this place, really want to stay out of this place. So when I say ask better questions, 
this isn't just about those big perspective shifting questions I was talking about earlier. It's actually about things like flipping, flipping those negative questions into, well, rather than what if my ads don't work, maybe the other question is, well, what if my ads do work and I find my perfect clients? Or uh, rather than what if I spend all of this time creating this program and no one buys it? Maybe a better question would be, well, what if people do buy my program and they love it and their lives are transformed? See how the energy just feels different? Even just saying those questions, that feels like <laughs> better saying those questions because you know, what happens is that we start to spiral up into hope and into positivity. And you guys know that business in particular is a game of vibration. So if you're finding yourself in that negative spiral into self-doubt, into asking those weak negative questions, I mean, it's really tough to pull yourself out of that place. Whereas actually, if you can ask more hope-based questions, questions based in possibility, then things start to feel really different and you start to look at things differently. You start to attract positive situations and circumstances as well. We're not going to get this perfect all the time, all right? Allow yourself to be human in this. But if you do find yourself in that kind of spiral of self-doubt, just reach up and start asking those better questions. It can be a great way to pull yourself out of that and to start to raise your vibration. Because here's the thing, your inner critic won't like you asking better questions. <laughs> it's going to constantly default back to, okay, yeah, but what if this happens? But what about this? And keep taking you back to the worst case scenario. So we do need to kind of fight it a little bit. And, you know, when I say fight it, I mean in a positive, constructive way, because what will end up happening is we start to condition better questions. This won't necessarily happen with the click of a fingers overnight, but if you get into the habit of asking better questions, then you're going to find that those weak, negative, worst-case scenario-based questions become fewer and fewer until eventually, you know, they, they only pop up very infrequently. All right, so that's the third tip. The last one I want to talk about is just take baby steps forward. This feels like the most cliche of advice ever, but it's tried and tested and it's true, okay? <laughs> so the thing is when we're in that place of the inner critic, the inner critic loves to overcomplicate everything. Who can relate to this? I know I can definitely, I get this 100%. So it's like you're in that place of overcomplicating everything. You're thinking way too far ahead. You're thinking about steps eight, nine, 10, and 12 rather than steps one and two. You're future pacing. You're thinking about all of the imaginary scenarios and worst case scenarios that can happen, which is increasing your anxiety in the moment. You end up feeling just tangled and paralyzed and procrastinating. This happens all the time. Okay, so the best thing that you can do is to actually get really grounded and really focused in the moment around, well, what is the next right action step for me to take? Take that action step, baby step. Once you do that, okay, now what's the next right action? And then so on and so forth. Because getting ourselves tangled into the future and starting to think about, oh, you know, steps 10, 11, and 20 it's just going to get us into that place of feeling overwhelmed. And the inner critic loves that because when you're overwhelmed, guess what? You stop, you procrastinate, you dabble, you do the things that you know aren't really helping you. Then the inner critic's got an excuse to beat up on you and say, see, you can't make this work. <laughs> it starts to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
All right. So it's really important that you just take it one step at a time and focus on taking baby steps. It's really, really, really important. Okay. Rather than getting tangled in future pacing and possibilities and feeling anxious around everything that's coming. Okay. So that is all I wanted to share today. I'm just checking my notes. I think I've covered everything, but guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode today. I really loved sort of sharing that with you. I hope you got some value out of it. As always, the offer is there to book a business breakthrough call with me. The links will be in and around this podcast episode somewhere. Let's get on the phone. Let's talk about how your inner critic is showing up. I would love to learn more about your specific situation where it might be holding you back. And obviously, if we can help you get a plan in place, we're very happy to help you do that too. But until next time, I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. Catch you very soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Big Talk podcast today. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review and share it with your friends. For further information about our programs and free content, head on over to lightpurposeliving.com. See you soon.